You are tuned in to David Essel Live, America's positive radio talk show, broadcasting live on a Studio E in Los Angeles, California, every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, XM Satellite Radio, Channel 168, streaming worldwide at talkdavid.com, and proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network, celebrating 21 years in positive talk radio, just and in, in coming up in a moment, I am so excited because our guest all the way from Ireland, has graced us by staying up super late to be on our show. We're going to get to Lorna Byrne in just a minute. Uh, Her brand new book, A Message of Hope from the Angels. Uh, This is a woman, and if you read my blog, you saw about it this week when we blogged, this is a woman who sees angels like you or I would see each other walking down the street. She sees angels like in the physical, like they're physically walking with us. We're going to find out about that in a second. But really quickly, because we've been getting emails in about this, this is so funny. The song that everyone's wanting to know that Cheryl Crow did on our show just a little while ago that we were playing, it's uh, Keep On Growing. It's from the soundtrack of the movie Boys on the Side for everyone asking. Boys on the Side is the CD. That's the, the soundtrack from the movie. Uh, the movie Boys on the Side. So check that out to find out your your Cheryl Crow fix. It is an it's my favorite Cheryl Crow song of all time, by the way, as well. One eight hundred. There we go. Let's let's crank that up a little bit. There we go. That's it. That's the song. So, and we'll play more of it later on. But right now, let's go to Lorna Byrne, uh, all the way from Ireland. Lorna, first of all, thank you so much. You are an angel for staying up so late for our show. You're welcome, David. It's my pleasure to be talking mm. with you. I know now, it's after what, one, but that's grand. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's after one o'clock in the morning, your time. Yeah. And what About time do you normally go to bed? Um, I usually go maybe around 11. Okay. So it's not okay. too bad, not too bad. No. At least it's not 6 in the morning or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If I'm sure if it was 6 o'clock, you'd go, sure, I'd love to do it on a tape. <laughs> I know I would do it for you. <laughs> Very good oh. that way. Oh, that, that is wonderful. Your, your first book, Angels in My Hair, which is a story of your life, uh, becomes a bestseller, published in f- more than 50 countries, 26 languages. Now, Lorna, did that blow your mind at all, or was that expected? Um, I suppose it didn't really blow blow my mind. You know, as as a child, the angels would say to me, I would write about them and God, you know, but I used to take any notice. And even when I grew, you know, older, they kept on saying it. Um, it was the time that the angel Michael, one day when I was married and all with my own children, um, when I was coming home with my daughter um, asleep in her pram, said, Lorna, it's getting near time for you to start to write. Um, and I just stopped and looked at him and just said, how on earth does God expect me to write one book when I can't even read or write? You know, that 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 was the problem. And he just said, help would be sent. And that's exactly um, what happened. Now you were, now Arch, Arch, Archangel Michael, is that the same Michael we're talking about? Yes, yes, yes. So Archangel Michael says to you, it's time to write your book. And did I just hear you correctly, Lorna, say that you didn't know how to read or write? You you did. I'm I'm actually um, dyslexic. I know I'm not pronouncing it properly. And yeah. when, when I was a child, you know, my parents were told that I was retarded because I had learning difficulties. But in Ireland at that time, 
um, they didn't know anything about that. So um, the angels used to tell me to keep it a secret. It was, say, when I was about two, two and a half, um, I was playing with my little brother at the fire, and it was like his hand went into mine and mine went into his, and it just all sparkled, and I laughed. Mm. And that was the time they told me that I had to definitely keep it a secret and that my little brother was a soul. He wasn't actually flesh and blood. But you have to remember, I was only about two or two and a half. And um, mm. so, you know, at that age, you don't question very much. Yeah. But well, especially angels. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, they have been my best teachers, companions and friends. They have taught me everything I know. And sure, if I had said anything to my mom or dad that there was an angel standing beside them, I wouldn't be here talking to you today. I would have been put into one of those institutions that they had here in Ireland. Yes. So now, I'm glad I kept it a secret. I, I think it's incredibly wise to keep it a secret. Yes, Lorna. Definitely. Now, 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 let me ask you, is, is this kind of like this gift of yours to see angels in physical form, is that kind of like when we have a child prodigy that can play the piano at three or a child who's this outrageous athletic ability or singing ability at such a young age? Is that kind of like, you know, so many people have different gifts. Is, is your ability to see the angels, can you, can you, look at that as a gift similar to the other ones I just made example on? I suppose so. I've never actually thought of it that way because it's normal and natural for me. I don't know. I'm, I'm not like you. You you would only see me if, if we were both in the same room where I would see you and your guardian angel and any other angel that was around you. I would see them as physically as, as I would see yourself. Mm. So it's normal and natural for, for myself. But I suppose... It, the way you put it, yeah, it is a gift, and yeah. I don't know why, why, why me and not and not and not you or somebody else, especially when you know I had such learning difficulties as such. So right, it's it's a mystery still to me. Yeah, do do you see angels like you know how angels are usually painted and drawn? They have long robes on that go from you know their shoulders to the floor flowing is that the kind of clothes they wear or do they wear different clothes um sometimes sometimes it's like like that and and other times like many a time the archangel michael would come and he would just be in the clothes say you were you know just ordinary clothes as as i would mm. call them um mm. but but other times yes um angels i would see them in in robes um and angels are neither male nor female just sometimes they give that appearance so so we understand and so that I can, can describe them. And sometimes I would see wings and other times I wouldn't. It's actually very rare that I would see um, wings on the angel Michael. Now that I think of it, hmm. I could probably count the times maybe on my hands, on my fingers, 10 fingers, maybe no more than that through my life. And it could even be a little less. Wow. So um, when when I see wings on, on an angel, I... I feel very privileged, but I do believe mm. every angel has wings anyway, just they don't mm. allow me to see them all the time. Don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you, you know, for a very, very long time, I've had this unbelievable connection to Archangel Gabriel or Gabriel, and I've heard it said both ways. Um, 
and and I I'm a, a professional speaker, and I went to speak at a church once, and a woman grabbed me afterwards and said, "You know, do you know who is behind you the whole time walking across?" the stage back and forth with you. And that was probably going back 12 or 14 years ago, Lorna. And then I've heard it so many times since then. How would we know, because you you know, you know see these angels, how would we know that, that these people were saying to me was true or was it their interpretation? I know you believe and I believe everyone has a guardian angel. Could that be my guardian angel and how would I know? No, the, the archangel Gabriel couldn't be a guardian angel. Archangels okay. aren't. Um, your guardian angel comes with you, you know, before you're even conceived when you're in, in heaven and goes back and never leaves you for one second and loves mm. you un, unconditionally. But if if you felt the archangel Gabriel was with you and you believe that, then I'm being told, yes, on occasions he is there for you. Mm. And to me, that is lovely, but I have to smile. I know I have written a little about... Um, the Archangel Gabriel um, in Message of Hope from the Angels. Um, and I, I smile when you talk about him because the first time I met him and for many, many years um, afterwards, um, he always was dressed like a biker. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> so I have to smile and didn't show any wings but just had these Oh, how can I describe them? These eyes and his face, and I, as a child, even and even as I, even today, I would love to reach up and touch him, but I'm, but I'm not allowed. And um, so I, I do smile. I'm afraid, you know, every single person has a guardian angel, no matter what religion you are, or even if you're a skeptic and you don't believe, or or you don't believe in God or anything. Every single human being has a guardian angel. I'm traveling all around the world now. And I have never seen anyone without a guardian angel. And if I did, I would be in a terrible state of shock because mm. I know then something would be terrible wrong. But everyone has a soul as well. And God is real, and I know I can't prove it. I only can tell you what God has allowed me to see and hear and all the different things. So even with um, a message of hope from the angels, um, over a year ago when the angel Michael said to me, you know, time now for you to write another book I just said to him but having the faintest idea what to write about and he just said God wants you to write about hope and we'll give you a helping hand and that's why the book is called The Message of Hope from the Angels because there's loads of messages in it to to help people at the moment because it's so important um, for us all, for the whole world to hold on to hope because we're finding it so hard to hold on to it um, oh because my Lord. we must remember, if we don't have hope, you know, we lose our quality of life, we lose our dignity, you know, we lose our strength and our courage, and hope will, you know, we must keep on seeing that light of hope, because hope makes what seems impossible possible, and there is loads of hope out there. People have to remember that, no matter what's happening in their lives. We're I talking hope I didn't with Lorna talk Byrne. too much. 
Uh, no, you're awesome, honey. You're doing awesome. We're talking with Lorna Byrne, the author of the brand new book, A Message of Hope from the Angels. And Lorna, I'm going to ask you to hang there. She is so gracious, ladies and gentlemen, calling us early in the morning from Ireland. She's on the phone right now from Ireland. We've got to go to a break, Lorna. We're going to come back and talk more about this message of hope and more about angels and more and more and more. I'm just absolutely enthralled and loving this interview. You rock, Lorna. You absolutely rock. 1-800-548-8255. David Essel in the box with you every Saturdays, three solid hours across the world, bringing you information to radically change your existence. 1-800-548-8255, XM Satellite Radio 168, or streaming worldwide at talkdavid.com. Stay right there. Positive Talk Radio, 1-800-548-8255, celebrating 21 years on the air. Direct from Ireland, we are just so pleased that Lorna Byrne, the author of the book, A Message of Hope from the Angels, has stayed up late to share. We're only going to keep her up about another six minutes, Lorna. We won't keep you any longer than that. Um, And if you've missed part of the interview with Lorna Byrne, you want to go to iTunes. You can listen to the interview live. We archive our shows. Will Wilkerson will put them up in about 24 to 48 hours. The show will be up on iTunes. Just go to iTunes slash David Essel Alive, and you'll be able to listen to this the same interview again to get everything that Lorna's saying. Lorna um and LornaBurn.com is her website. L O R N A Burn B Y R N E. LornaBurn.com is the website. Lorna, how do we deepen hope? You, you mentioned something a couple minutes ago. You know, there's a lot. You look in the news. We, we try to encourage our, our listeners not to watch the news. But you look in the news and the papers, and there's all this insanity going on. In the middle of insanity, how do we deepen our hope? We deepen our hope by, you know, looking at, at, at the positive things in our own lives. It's like, and, and say, in, in people's lives around us. Um, you know where where you might hear of somebody um, who who believes you know that things can be changed for the better. They mm-hmm. they in in our lives become then a beacon of hope. Or you know on the Olympics there that that runner who who won um, gold medal, you know and he he didn't have proper legs. Well he he was a beacon of hope for all people that are disabled in some in some way seeing that he could do it. So we have to keep that hope alive inside of us. We've got to, um, no matter what you hear on the news, you've, you've got to see, keep on just see, seeing that light and just keep on going forward and playing your part, just like you're playing, playing your part. You're giving people loads of hope with, with your shows all of the time, and that is extremely important. All right. Thank, thank you. And, and, and what about this whole guardian angel relationship. How can people tap into that communication, communicate more with their angels, find out more about their angels? I know in your books you talk about this, but could you give us a minute or two of how we can do that? I think 
think the first thing a person to to do is just to acknowledge that they have a guardian angel there. And I can guarantee you, you have a guardian angel, even if you feel that your guardian angel is not giving you a helping hand. You must remember your guardian angel loves you unconditionally and never leaves you for one second. So you're actually never, never alone. Um, and it does everything possible to guide you in life, but it can't overstep that boundary of free will. And I'm always giving out to God about that. Please take that away. We'd love not to have it there. But then maybe life would be boring. I don't know. Um, I would say to somebody, you know, you know, when you get a feeling to go right or left um, in, in a decision, um, if you feel strongly that you should go right and everyone else is telling you to go left, I would say to you, you... You know, and just say you did go left and then afterwards you knew you shouldn't have had. You knew that your gut feeling down inside of you was to go right. I'd mm-hmm. always say to people then, give yourself a pinch and say to yourself the next time you'll do your best to listen. Your guardian angel is a great teacher and you can ask it for a sign as well, but keep on asking. Remember, it's not easy for your guardian angel to give you a sign. Um, I know lots of people would ask for a flower or a feather, you know, the simple things, or maybe for a phone call. And I have often watched walking through the park or, you know, passing, you know, houses with gardens and a child come out, out a garden gate and hand somebody passing by a flower. And they would take it off the child and smile and walk along the road and then drop it. And Mm. on occasions, the guardian angels have told me that's the sign they have been looking for, but it's not big enough. The flower is too small. And that's adults where where children um, are just so more open because you have to remember children, you know, very young children have just come from heaven. So they're so open to responding to to their guardian angel. Um, Mm. Just just ask for, for a sign, and every time you know you didn't do the right thing, um, give yourself a pinch and say to yourself, next time you will try, and ask your guardian angel to teach you. Like even if your guardian angel said to you, you know, to move that glass or that pen, and, you know, you don't want to or there's no reason to, I would say to you, just go and move it, because then a day will come when you'll respond, you know, to something really important in your life, and you will jump for joy and say you did it all yourself. But you just had got used to doing what the, your guardian angel was yes. asking you to do. <laughs> yes. I, lo- <laughs> I love that. I love that. The, the name of the book is A Message of Hope from the Angels. The author, Lorna Byrne, her um, book, Angels in My Hair, um, published in more than 50 countries, 26 languages, and now this one is an international bestseller. Messages in here helping us to connect deeper with our angels and with the whole concept of hope. Lorna, I know that it's late, and, I, and I'll tell you what we're going to do. I would like to try to get you back on the show at an earlier hour for you. And if that'll work down the road a little bit, there's, I have a billion more questions. I think it would be just so awesome to have you back if it works into your schedule, too. That, that would be great. I, I, would, I would love that because you're, oh, you're a great it, interviewer and I'm enjoying talking with you. <laughs> Oh, oh! Thank you so much. This is just uh, amazing to me, and and I'm so glad that three years ago or so, when when you broke out and and started talking about this all, that you chose to do it at that time. Now we are going to bid you a very good night's sleep, Lorna. Thank you. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I okay. give you a good day as well. So God bless and thank you. And thank you to all your listeners. You're very welcome. God bless. A message of hope from the angels. Lorna Byrne has been our guest directly from Ireland. 1-800-548-8255. Go to talkdavid.com if you want to email us questions on angels or anything in your life. Email us, talkdavid.com. I am David Essel. Stay right there. Every Saturday, Pure Positive Talk Radio, giving you ideas and thoughts, uh, concepts on how to move your life ahead, relationships, finances, you name it. We're going to get to some of your emails here in a minute. Uh, we've got an interesting one I'm going to open up for you callers as well. If you want to email us during the show, just go to talkdavid.com to email us. To text us during the show, our text number is 941 266 Seven six seven six. The text number nine four one two six six seven six seven six. Don't forget, you can listen to our show on iTunes. Just go to iTunes slash David Essel Live on Facebook. We post a ton of inspirational information. Uh, like us at David Essel Live on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at David Essel on LinkedIn at David Essel. There's so many different ways to be involved with positive stuff all the time. One eight hundred. 548 1-800-548-8255. Here's someone who struggles with sleep. Um, I find myself up at 1, 2, 3 in the morning. I'm not really sure if it's diet-related or stress. I do meditation and prayer before bed, so I don't think it's stress. Any ideas? Yes. Um, This person went on to talk about coffee, caffeine, teas, etc. So listen. All caffeine, we know that people that struggle with sleep has to end at 2 o'clock. That's tea as well. So even something healthy like green tea, we've got to end it at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. The um, the half-life of caffeine can be something like six hours. So if you have coffee or tea at 5 or 6 o'clock at night with dinner, it could be midnight or 1 a.m. before that is out of your system. So if you're staying awake at 12 or 1, that could be the reason why. So no caffeine after 2. Another interesting, tricky food that interferes with sleep is sugar. If you struggle with sleep and you eat sugar at night, sugar has a rebound effect. So when you first eat sugar, of course, blood sugar levels go up, right? But then three to four hours when your blood sugar levels drop, you wake up. And some people have a hard time getting back to sleep. So like at night, eat high-protein foods, cottage cheese, chicken, um, all kinds of nuts would be great to eat late at night to help stabilize blood sugar levels. Uh, If you don't have a copy of our free book, get it now. We're giving away one million copies, The Power of Focus. How to Exceed Your Own Expectations in Life. Go to talkdavid.com. The book is absolutely free. It'll help you break through procrastination once and forever. It'll help you get off the fence in life. It'll help you learn how to prioritize your time. We give so much information in this book. This is the time. We really want you to be so successful in life, and this book will help you get there. The Power of Focus, it's a free book. Let your friends know. Go to talkdavid.com. It's absolutely free. The first one million copies are free. Take advantage of that now. Okay, Uh, this just came in, and this is about endorsements with athletes and alcohol. I want to get your feedback on this. 
Uh, I recently saw endorsements from some of the MMA. That's the mixed martial arts, which I love that 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 contest. I think these guys are incredible athletes. Uh, with some of the uh, mixed martial arts athletes and beer, I was shocked to see boxing great Manny Pacquiao promoting a liquor. I think it was a scotch on TV. Uh, he goes on to say, am I nuts or aren't athletes supposed to be role models for kids and adults? This is the worst message an athlete can send. What do you think? Do you know, I read an article about Manny Pacquiao. This surprises me a little bit to get this email, to know that he's promoting an alcohol, because I remember reading an article uh, maybe about six months ago about Manny Pacquiao saying that he his boxing had slipped because of his uh, po- political work um, in the Philippines and because he had been chasing women and alcohol had gotten in the way of his training and all this kind of stuff. And even though I think he's married, that he was living the high life and he called himself out and said, here's the reasons why. So I'm really shocked. I believe you, though, that he's uh, promoting an alcohol. But ladies and gentlemen, what do you think? Should athletes not endorse alcohol on TV? Um, 1-800-548-8255. Should we hold athletes to a higher level? What do you think about that? Should it be okay for an athlete to promote a beer or an MMA athlete to promote beer or Manny Pacquiao to promote, uh, this guy said it was scotch, I don't know, some type of of alcohol on TV? Should should that be okay? 1-800-548-8255. Um, should they have the right to do this to make money? Obviously, it's all about making money, right? Should they should they have the right to do this to make money? Um, or are they really looked at as role models for kids and because of that responsibility that they should not be promoting alcohol and being paid as an endorser? What do you think about that? 1-800-548-8255. Should the Manny Pacquiao's of the world, like, kick the endorsements for alcohol? Should they be looking at the at, at what they're doing and realize all the adults and children that look up to them and maybe say, you know, that's not necessarily great for my image? Or are we becoming too microscopic and, and micromanaging athletes? And are we are we trying to control other people's lives? To, should they have the freedom of speech to accept hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars to promote alcohol? Or should they be looking at a bigger picture? And saying, you know, I have all these fans that are out there, and if they see me promoting alcohol, and if they have an issue with alcohol, they may go and drink alcohol because I drink alcohol. What do you think about that? 1-800-548-8255. Email us your thoughts at talkdavid.com. I think it's an interesting question. I I, I think I, I really find it fascinating, and I'm shocked. I have to tell you I'm shocked. That Manny Pacquiao would be on TV promoting an alcohol after what I read about him. Phenomenal boxer, right? We've had James uh, Smith, Smitty Smith, the, uh, the, the legendary radio and TV uh, boxing announcer and host who loves Manny Pacquiao, uh, as, as with many of the boxers that he's interviewed multiple times. And we'll have to get Smitty on to talk to him about that. But I'm really shocked. After reading the article I read, I'm really shocked that today, because this guy said he saw the ad today on TV, for that Manny Pacquiao promoting some type of alcohol. But what do you think? Is it good? Is it fine? Is it their right to make money and promote alcohol? Uh, or is that something they should be thinking on a bigger scale, a bigger picture with? 
and making decisions that are better for the health of Americans or for people worldwide. 1-800-548-8255. Fred just, well, it's a text here from Fred saying, uh, no way athletes should be involved in alcohol promotion at all. Most of them make enough money they don't need the endorsement from alcohol. Alan says, hell yes. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. With all these exclamation points after it, he says, hell yes. Uh, it's a free country. Athletes should be able to make money any way they need to. You have to remember, and this is a good point, Alan. This is a very good point. Many athletes only are paid for five to ten years because of their skills, and after that they're on their own. They need to make all the money they can right now. Uh, Mary just wrote in saying, no way. She was another one that joined Fred here. No way. Um, my children look up to all of these athletes, and if I know that they're promoting an alcohol, I will remove their photos from my kids' rooms. Whoa. <laughs> Holy cow. Mary's on a horse here. Go, Mary. 1-800-548-8255. What do you think about that? We've got two no's and a yes. Alan has a great point. Do you remember last week when we talked to Ernest Graham and Ernest Graham was talking about these guys that, you know, they, they, they make a million dollars and they spend a million too, right? Like they don't think ahead and say they think they're going to be invincible. They're going to play football forever. But they forget that the average football player's lifespan is like five years. So after they make that X amount of million over five years, that has to last them for a long time. Alan makes a great point. If there's an athlete who can make a lot of money from an alcohol endorsement, Alan says, yes, take advantage of it. Fred and Mary say, no, what do you think? Should athletes be promoting alcohol? 1-800-548-8255. Should they be out there promoting alcohol, being paid as endorsers, and then being viewed by millions of people as saying that it's okay to drink alcohol. Kids, right? Kids. We're talking about all these kids that look up at Manny Pacquiao. All these kids that look up to these MMA athletes as being role models. Let's go to Joe in Nevada. Joe, you're on with David Essel. What do you think about this, Joe? You know, I believe that about David Pacquiao, I mean, athletes drink, uh, regular people drink. It's not like it's legal or it's bad. He's a healthy dude. I mean, he, he's good. He's not a bad person. It's just my personal opinion. I mean, hey, if, if I was him, I was healthy. I mean, I'm guaranteed manufacturer takes a shot or two once in a day. So, so you don't think it sends a bad message, Joe? Like, even though he admitted in an article where he said that what has interfered with his training was chasing women and drinking. He, he well, I mean, admitted that in an article that it, you know, it took him off his path, that he wasn't as sharp the last couple fights. So even though he admitted that it's okay to have the ads for alcohol, one of the things that took him off path, you're cool with that? Well, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not him, you know, and and if that's what bothered him, that was what threw off his game, then, I mean, that's on him. He should stop. But, mm-hmm. I mean, um, if he's not training when he retires, I mean, he's going to do it. And yeah, he should advertise it. I mean, he ain't going to be fighting forever. Boxing is not a sport that you can last forever in, you know what I mean? And it's a 
it does it, it makes it does a toll to your body after a while. Oh my I mean, god, it, yeah. Well, you, Joe, you're right. Boxing is probably very similar where they said the average pro football player, you know, lasts 5 years, the average boxer probably doesn't last a lot longer. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you're taking shots to the head like more than a football player would. I mean, his whole body served for a football player, but I mean, they're aiming for the head and and punches right. to the body shots and bruises and whatnot. I mean, I think it's worse than football because, I mean, they're more protected than they are. They just got gloves right. between <laughs> them and the face. <laughs> I think those guys, Joe, on a side note, I think boxers are insane. <laughs> yeah, you know, know. they got to have that fighting spirit, you know. But, yeah, that's, I'm glad you laugh about that. That's funny, too. <laughs> so but but for you and what about for kids you know like having the kids look up at their at their favorite athlete and seeing the athlete promoting an alcohol uh is there anything wrong with that in your eyes well you know i think yeah you know kids they look up to them and they see it and you can't i mean like i guess it's up to the parents and how the parents teach the kids i mean mm-hmm. i look up to certain athletes and, and or certain celebrities but they go ahead and they do cocaine and drugs and this i'm not going to go ahead and i don't learn but i'm an adult so i guess it all right. goes down to the teaching it goes down to the core of the kid the, the parent and what they distill in the kid you know you can of course you got to teach the kids oh don't believe everything you see on tv but right. the kids see like something like spider-man and they look up to him and he's going and right. fighting bad guys and whatnot they're not going to go ahead and Go go crazy out and wear a Spider Man outfit, be a superhero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I and I, I appreciate your thoughts, Joe, and I want to thank you so much for being a part of our show. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's a good show. Okay, thank you, man. Have a great night. One eight hundred five four eight eight two five five. We're going to go to a quick break. We come back. We'll read some more of your emails regarding this whole alcohol thing. And, uh, and we'll take your calls, 1-800-548-8255. Should athletes, I mean, Joe is saying, you know what, Manny Pacquiao, if he needs to make more money, let him make more money. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that athletes should be held to a higher standard because they've got so many kids that look up to them that they should not be promoting alcohol as endorsements? Or is it okay? 1-800-548-8255. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. We so look forward to having you be a part of the show, and we thank you for taking part of your day to share it with us. And also, coming up in a few minutes, we're going to be getting to more of your emails. We thank you so much. Email us at talkdavid.com, talkdavid.com. Send us your emails. We'll get to as many as we can on the air. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. Talk radio every Saturday. David Essel in the box, 1-800-548-8255. Thanks for hanging out with us. So we're talking about this whole thing with uh, alcohol athletes, Manny Pacquiao being on TV. We got an email from one of our listeners uh, who's disappointed the fact that Manny Pacquiao, the boxing great, was on uh, TV promoting a liquor. Carol just uh, wrote in saying, I like Alan's response, athletes. Uh, like Manny Pacquiao, need to cash in now, even with alcohol endorsements, as their careers are so short-lived. Fascinating. one 800 let us go to Oklahoma. Stan, you're on with David Essel. 
Hi. Great show, David. Uh, it's nice to listen to somebody that doesn't spend all their time complaining about somebody else. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Stan. <laughs> yeah, I swear our, our current generation of uh, news people all went to the Jerry Springer School of Journalism where if you don't have a, a brawl that would send a group of eight-year-olds to their bedroom, it's not a news broadcast. But at any rate, I get off the bike. Um, yeah, I, I think these, yeah, I, I think we need to kind of just relax a little bit about worrying about everybody's psyche to the point to where we're making everybody crazy. There's nothing wrong. I grew up with Humphrey Bogart smoking cigarettes and John Wayne taking a whiskey once in a while, and I don't smoke or drink either one, and I, I think I'm probably reasonably sane. Uh, we send our kids out to play with their bicycles today looking like they're on their way to the freaking moon. And, I mean, for crying Stan, out loud. Wait a what? second. Stan, Stan, that is so funny. I just had this great vision. We we send our kids out on their bicycles like they were sending them to the moon. They are. They're like in moon suits. I could not agree with you more. It, that part is insane. <laughs> I mean, you know, the reason I kept my bicycle upright the second time I rode it was because the skin knee hurt. <laughs> <laughs> But for crying out loud, you know, kids look at this stuff and they think it's cool. And, you know, and probably for a few months I smoked cigarettes when I was a kid because I thought I looked cool. You know, and, and, uh, you know, and then I quit. But, right. uh, you know, for crying out loud, you know, let's just kind of all lighten up a little bit. And, and just, you know, there's not, it's not illegal. Alcohol's not illegal. illegal. Right. I'd much rather have them see a, uh, a guy who's in great shape having a successful career have a beer than than to watch uh, uh, Tony Montana snorting cocaine off of his desktop. Well, uh, you know, I, I'll have to agree with you on that one, Stan. <laughs> you know, I, I look at this, I have a similar viewpoint, I think, as you do. You know, and I'll, I'll take our show. Like, our show, we really wouldn't have a beer or an alcohol as a sponsor. You know, that, that just doesn't go hand in hand with me. However... When I look at or think of a Manny Pacquiao, um, and now I, I will say this: I have no not a problem with any of those guys endorsing that stuff, unless Stan, like if if we found out that Manny had a, pr- a problem or any of these athletes had a problem with alcohol, yeah. then then I I would really question the brain power behind that decision. You know, well, the problem um, then isn't the alcohol. The problem then is the hypocrisy of the person making the commercial. Yeah. Well, and but but that's where like if one of these athletes did have a problem with it and they kept accepting money, then both of them have the issue. I I think it's the the company that's promoting it. But you know what I really think would happen, Stan? I I think that if an athlete were endorsing an alcohol and that athlete got in trouble with alcohol for whatever reason, my guess is that company would probably separate themselves from him right away. Oh yeah, sure they would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be. Terrible, terrible PR. But hey, listen, I love your comment about the how how overly safe and overly concerned we are about other people. And I'll never forget the statement that you made: sending our kids out to ride a bike like they're going to the moon. That's classic. <laughs> well, you have a good evening, sir. Thanks for your show. Uh, I, you're welcome, Stan. You as well. One eight hundred five four eight eight two five five. One eight hundred five four eight eight two five five. Uh, oh my Lord. Hey, let, let me go to this, this email that just came in. Um, this came in actually earlier today. Uh, I told my girlfriend, speaking of alcohol, it's interesting this timing. Uh, I told my girlfriend no more drunken episodes in public, uh, or I'm gone. It happened again. Now what? 
<laughs> Listen, I'm not laughing at you, man. Um, but there's no question. If you set a boundary in a relationship, you have to be willing to hold the consequence. Let me repeat that. If you set a boundary in a relationship, you have to be willing to hold the consequence. You've got to walk. If you told her, if this happens again, I'm gone, you got to go. If you don't, number one, you will have no self-respect. I don't care. You can look in the mirror and say all the positive affirmations in the world. You will not feel respectful about yourself. Number two, if you allow this to go on, any woman is not going to respond to you or respect you because, especially your girlfriend, because you're not willing to man up and be responsible for your words. The only thing that matters in relationships when it comes to boundary setting is your actions. Listen, for 30 years, we have helped people learn about that codependency that you're walking into, bro. Learn how to set boundaries with your your lover, with your children. If you need help, contact us at talkdavid.com. We would love to help you. Just go to Talk David and email me. I'd love to help you personally. Hey, I want to thank Nathan Staten and Will Wilkerson here in Studio E in Los Angeles, California. April O'Leary, who lines up all our awesome guests. Um, Vivian, who does the incredible work online during the show, all of the postings. Uh, Lisa Doyle, the brand manager, of course, Lisa Doyle. And David SO Live can be heard around the world. Error FM Live at errorfm.com. We love my online screen, screen, streaming group as well. Listen, rock it this week. Be bold. Be strong. Be positive. Make a difference in this world. I'm David Essel. We'll see you next week.